Well, welcome back. As we head into hour two, uh, there the story we had last week of the uh, talk, the event, speaking event with uh, Dennis Prager and Robert Kiyosaki and others at ASU that uh, earned the ire of so many professors who wrote a letter to the dean uh, uh, at ASU, the dean of the Barrett Honors College, um, saying that platforming such speakers was an assault to the principles of higher education. They called Dennis Prager a white nationalist, among other things. And you'll recall uh, three professors actually uh, stood up, three professors at ASU stood up to remind not only the community uh, and but the school itself that as a signatory to the University of Chicago's principles on free speech, um, this event should go forward. People should not be triggered. They should attend and ask questions, and we would normally call something like that an intellectual enterprise. Uh, too much for uh, some in the community, but the story isn't over. Uh, the story has a fermata over it. It's still going, so we bring back our friend Professor Owen Anderson. Uh, Dr. Anderson is a professor at ASU in the School of Humanities, Arts and Cultural Studies. We had a great conversation about all this last week, including one of his books, uh, The Declaration of Independence and God. Professor Anderson, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me back. It's you great bet. to talk with you again. You, you and I, I was I was really Oh, I was no, 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 you go really, ahead. You go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. Yeah. I was really impressed by the event last week. I had I had high expectations for it, but I think it even exceeded my expectations. And I was told there were 1200 people in the audience. And then if you look on YouTube, there were another another 16,000. Yeah people watching it yeah it was it, and, I, it surpassed my expectations it was better than i thought yeah. it would and i don't think anyone yeah, then, was harmed no and the thing is when i heard charlie kirk start to speak i realized why they were worried about it yeah and i was i was very impressed with what he said he said a few things seek god keep the sabbath holy honor your parents take personal responsibility for your life and make the moral choice to be happy and you can see why some might not want those things said on a campus. Yeah, you can. You had an advertisement or two for the Super Bowl that uh, was featuring Jesus' teaching about loving your enemies and trying to help uh, uh, repair the divides among us. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said, this is an effort to make fascism look benign. There is something yeah. about the left that can't stand forces of composition in this society. I think they stand for the forces of decomposition. They do. And I think what Dennis Prager said at the event was equally true, Professor, uh, when he said their fear is that in 90 minutes I will undo what it takes them four years to do. I think he's right about that. Yeah, there is something there and, and something to the value of public debate. And I, yeah. I still stand by my offer to publicly debate any of the signers, or even all of the signers of that letter, um, it could be 37 of them up on the stage and just me, because I'm very confident in the principles of free speech and the principles of, uh, of the things I just mentioned that Charlie Kirk said. I'm very confident those are the right things to defend. Oh, well, let's give them a lot of avenues and make it really easy. Uh, last week in a monologue, I invited to debate any one of them, so that offer stands too. Uh, if you want to do it with me and they want to take three, 37 against 2, fine. 37 against 1, fine. If they want to just do it by phone with me, that's fine. The offers stand. But I did see, uh, Professor, one of these teachers, one of these professors did go to Channel 12 
News uh, to complain that because they wrote a letter calling Dennis Prager a white nationalist, evidently they now feel unsafe. I did notice while they put up Dennis Prager and Charlie Kirk's face and name on the uh, on the uh, Channel 12 story, they didn't put up this professor's name. Um, it, it, these things are subtle, but I, I have a pretty good eye for them. Tell me if there's any other well, aftermath or anything you want to say to yeah. that and then the aftermath. Sure. Yeah, let me tell you about that about yeah. Channel 12 because yeah. – they didn't reach out to any of the three of us who wrote all <laughs> for a second yeah. side, right? They, yeah. It was a completely one-sided story. Yeah. And in their title they, of that story, they called the event an anti-education yeah. event. Right, right. Professors face so backlash the, after questioning world. an anti-education event. Yeah. I don't even know how you have it. Yeah, any. I know this. <laughs> Isn't an anti-education event book burning and banning? That would be anti-education. Yeah. Yeah, this was this was to get a, a full education, allow yourself to be taught how to critically think and not just be told one narrative. Well, so I would think the, the, so. I mean, your audience can decide what a real education is. Yeah, I think anyone who saw, sees that on YouTube or anyone who was at the event would say these are things I'd never heard before at a college campus or I rarely hear on a college campus, and I don't think anyone would have disagreed with them either. Right. Yeah, well, I, I received an email from President Crow last week oh, good. thanking me for mm. speaking up about uh, free speech, defending free speech, good. and he re- reaffirmed ASU's commitment to free speech good. and to allowing all different views to be heard on campus. But then I was told by my college not to speak to the media about current events until I run it through their media department. Did you and run this interview through their media department? Are we Are we talking against the law here? Well, well, that's the thing is that I was questioned <laughs> about what I talked about and who I talked with. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very confident President Crow wants there to be free speech, and our faculty manual affirms that any of us professors have the right as private citizens to speak to the media whenever we want. Yeah. Now, at the top of the hour, when you introduce me, you introduce where I work. Okay. And it even tells us in the, in the faculty manual that you're free to do that to identify me. But it doesn't. It doesn't imply that I'm representing ASU. Of I'm course not. not. No one would think that you were. Speaking, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm speaking as a private citizen. In fact, so, I, don't, I don't think they think you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is this, here's the problem. Here's what this represents. Whenever there's a concerted whistleblower, this is the treatment they can expect to go through, and it's 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 a, an extra burden that we placed on you, a difficulty in your workplace, which those on the far left never face. And so if you're a conservative whistleblower, you have to ask yourself, do I want to go through it? And the right. answer might be no. Right. So it shuts down free speech, it shuts down whistleblowing, and it shuts down public debate. And that's not right. We used to call it in First Amendment law a pretext to chill, chilling speech. That was the idea, yep. making you yep. feel like you are going to be in trouble if you speak. That's exactly yeah, what you, chilling speech is. You'll get called in for a special meeting to ask you what you were you were talking about. So. So the uh, but but again, my campus. I'm on the on the West Campus, and we have so many far left events. I I'd like to see if any of those professors are ever given that same question. Do they have to clear what they're going to say if they're invited to speak at an event, a rally? Do they have to clear it with the comms department? Yeah, I bet zero have to. I bet zero have been told they have to. Just my bet. Yeah, I'd place that bet with yeah. someone. The... Yeah, so that that's the ongoing story right now. We'll see how it resolves. It's not resolved yet, and and uh, I'm going to continue to stand up for free speech and for conservatives' right to speak as private citizens 
because if if no one does that, then that chilling effect you were mentioning is what happens. It's exactly right. Uh, we've seen this with people attending school board meetings that want to question the curriculum at the public schools they pay taxes for. We've seen it in any number of things. And for those that want to question the value of free speech and free exchange of ideas, I understand there may be a hardened sense among certain populations, but arguendo, even those that were for the strictest of COVID mitigation strategies, even those must be thinking a little bit. And you've seen some of them. You've seen some of them. Dr. Wen in The Washington Post, you saw an article in The Atlantic Monthly about this. Even some of them are saying we got some of this wrong and we probably need some kind of amnesty or forgiveness for those that were arguing with us that we tried to shut down. There's the value of free speech right there. You just may not know it all. You may just not know everything, right? Yeah, and you can you can change your mind. That's The thing is, a debate isn't a fight. A debate is a debate where you present your ideas, they present their ideas, and what can happen is one of you says, wow, I'm thinking about this in a new way now. Thanks for that input. I might change my mind. And the audience can do that as well. It's too bad if you go to a debate thinking, I just want to see the guy who's on my side. Yeah. It's good if you go there and say, I, I want to hear the two arguments, and I'm going to evaluate which one is sound and, and which one's unsound or, or uh, see what's happening. I don't know how you could teach philosophy your field. I literally don't know how you could teach it if that weren't the abiding rule for your pedagogy. I really don't know here uh, how you could teach anything from, uh, you know, Plato to, to Marx. Oh, uh, Professor Anderson, I have to take a quick commercial break. Can you do another segment with me? Because I want to get into more of this yeah. with you if I can. I appreciate yes, absolutely. it. Wonderful. Our guest is... Uh, Dr. Uh, Owen Anderson, he was um, thanked um, by Dennis Prager for standing up for the true principles of a university, not a specific one, the idea of a college, higher learning and intellectual excellence and pursuits. He deserves that. Thanks. Too few get it. The brave man deserves it. And we will honor him here. We're going to talk more about free speech and education when we come right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Professor Owen Anderson is our guest. He is a professor of philosophy and religious studies over at ASU. You can follow him on follow him on Twitter. Great, 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 and active Twitter feed at Doctor underscore Owen Anderson at dr. I should say at dr. underscore underscore Owen Anderson. Professor, there's this weird thing that happens, and I don't quite know how to put my finger on it. I have a few different phrases I'm working with. But when you look at that Channel 12 interview with uh, one of the faculty members who opposed the Prager event, um, or if you read the letter they wrote to the dean at the Honors College, they say things like, well, of course we respect intellectual diversity. Of course ASU should be be a place where students encounter broad diversity of voices and viewpoints. But this is hate. You know, this yeah, is just this, not is, this one. right. Just not this. I it's it's kind of a the word I have for it. It's not a great one, but it's it's kind of a, a a regime opinion hierarchy where we define and we get to define our side gets to define the playing field, the entire plane of what's acceptable and anything off that plane. Uh, anything perhaps one standard deviation to the right of Joe Lieberman doesn't belong there. Um, that yep. that that's basically well, no, how I see it. Huh? 
Yeah, right. And that's the they'll say words you want to hear. We're we're all for, and then there's some positive yes. words: love, yes. justice, equity, freedom of speech. Yes, they'll throw those words in there. And the the, the thing you got to teach your students and, and 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 be ready for is what do you mean by those words? That's the main question. What do you mean by that? Yeah. What do you mean by calling Dennis Prager a white nationalist? You and I had fun yeah. with that phraseology. He is now well, the observant, the observant Jewish face of white nationalism. Is that what we said? <laughs> Yeah, and a bigot. And a bigot, a bigot. So it's yeah. interesting that they're they're then complaining about a backlash when their letter was filled with ad hominems, and, and then they attacked the three of us on Twitter who signed. They, well, I shouldn't say they. It wasn't the seventy, the thirty-seven authors. It was another account. Yeah, attacked the three of us. They made fun of us and said, uh, "Oh, look at these white uh, men who are complaining about not having freedom of speech. Let's, yeah. let's right. uh, hold them up in our thoughts and prayers." Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. You know, don't. Don't use ad hominems ever. No one should ever do that on both sides. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. But, but I, was look, I was looking at the report of the Committee on Freedom of Expression from University of Chicago, and it's interesting because it comes out of a couple a couple events. One of them is an event around 1932 where William Foster, the Communist Party's candidate, was invited to campus and protested. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that, hey, if you're a communist running for a president, you should have the freedom to speak on a university campus. Mm-hmm. Now, advanced to 2023, when a vast majority of humanities professors are Marxists, Mm -hmm. they don't, according to this letter, want people to have that same... Yeah, the free speech does not abide for anti-communists. There's another weird element to this, too. I I, I watched that Channel 12 interview a few times because I was trying to see how smart this professor was and if he was making a cogent argument. I'm, I'm left wanting, so I'll probably have to watch it a few more times. But there was this interesting statement he had, Professor Anderson. Help me out with this. There's probably a philosophical fallacy to it. I don't know what it is. Is it ignorantio alenti or something? He said, um, well, we wrote this letter and then it turned into some kind of culture war. No, you... <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. were surprised there was a reaction to the letter that yeah. should have been taken as if it were from Mount Olympus. It's a culture yeah. war well, for you to respond right. to their letter attacking you. you. You shouldn't be allowed to debate back. We told you what to do. Yeah. Just do it. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, we just wrote so a letter me, saying they shouldn't be here, and that. then it created some kind of culture war. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Well, and also, even then, it's almost as if they're surprised that there's anyone who wants to debate this. Isn't Marxism a settled matter? Right, right, right. And so when you asked me before the break, doesn't philosophy require this? Yeah. Yes, ideally, but the truth of the matter is, the, 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 I refer to this as the Marxist religion. Yeah. So, so you can think of Marxist economics, which yeah. was a failed proposal about how economics work. It, it was proven wrong. But then there's also the Marxist religion, which is what we still have with us. Mm-hmm. And it's held to in this very pious religious sense that you can't question it. And, and to talk to someone who believes that history should only be understood in terms of class conflict, gender right. conflict, race conflict, right. and suggest there are other ways to understand history, it's not even on the radar. So they think they're just telling the students the truth of the matter. They don't even realize they're just telling one history of, or one philosophy of history, which I think you can quite easily prove to be false. Well, not only can you prove it to be false, I think, demonstrably, um, even if you even if even if you couldn't and i think i can and i think history itself has done that even modern history but even if you couldn't why would in the pursuit or i should say in the discipline of philosophy 
would you not show the argument? I mean, this is the entire yeah. project of philosophy. I can't imagine well, reading any anything like the Republic or anything like any of the dialogues if you just take out half of it. You don't get the book. You don't get what the philosophers yeah. stood for. You're removing half well, of is, it. It is a dialogue for a reason, right? And and if it's such a strong position, yeah. you should be excited to debate it. I would think one so. Of the, I would one, think one so. person replying to me on Twitter said, I don't know how to read mm-hmm. because I misread their letter. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, then they should be, I replied, they should be super excited to debate me then if I'm a poor reader and a poor thinker. You would think. So where's the debate? No, the point is to shut you down, not to... Uh, not to debate it, and then they'll come up with other pretexts like, well, we don't want to give this hater, uh, we don't want to give this uh, Neanderthal yeah. a stage, which is, of course, a cop-out. I have a friend I was um, I grew up with. He was a little older than me. He was actually my babysitter. He's now a scholar uh, at Brookings. Jonathan Rausch is his name. You may know of some of his work. And he wrote this proposal that should be placed in every college handbook. He said, warning, although this university values and encourages civil expression and respectful personal behavior, you may at any moment and without further notice encounter ideas, expressions, and images that are mistaken, upsetting, dangerous, prejudiced, insulted, insulting, or deeply offensive. We call this education. That's not yeah. a far afield from the Chicago principle statement. But my gosh. Yeah, well, let me read one sentence from it. Sure. The Chicago statement says, In a word, the university's fundamental commitment is to the principle that debate or deliberation may not be suppressed because the ideas put forth are thought by some or even by most members of the university community to be offensive, unwise, immoral, or wrongheaded. There you go. Just that sentence is a direct contradiction to the letter yep. that they wrote. Well, good for because the— Because what they're saying is the most of us, the majority of us, don't want this event to happen, so it shouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. Triumph of the will. Um, it's really it's really right by might. Right. It's that it's that might proves proves right uh, rather yeah, than the other way around. Yeah, we talked Thursimicus. about it is Thrasymachus's argument all over again, which found its um, ultimate expression uh, from 1933 to 1945 in Germany. Uh, Professor Anderson, you are a gem. I am glad that uh, we have you here in Arizona. I think your students are fortunate to have you, and I'm fortunate to call you a new friend. I hope you'll keep us posted on the goings-on. I will. I'll keep you updated. And, and you can also your, your listeners can also find me on Substack under Dr. Owen Anderson, where I'll be keeping up on all these events. Wonderful. Thank you, sir. God bless and Godspeed. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back.